0: Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: It's a welcome KDB back for King Kev, as City begin the defence of their FA Cup crown with a feast against the Terriers. It's Monday the 8th of January. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Joe Butterfield. I'm Joe Ritchie. And this is the City Report Podcast. Here
1: for Good-to-W- fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final, 2023 is the City travel year, Champions of England, FA Cup winners and now and last, Champions of Europe, Manchester City are kings of Europe, now they have their triple crown.
0: Well, City, as we know, have D squared. Today we've got Joe squared. Um, for the first time, I think, in 2024. Welcome to the Joes. Uh, Butterfield, how's, how's things? Did you have a a nice new year back into the swing of things now? I think we've most, most of us have had a week of work. Um, how are you doing?
2: Yeah, it's great. So it's, uh, it's it's all good. It's, unfortunately, when I went back to work, all the stuff that I decided I couldn't be bothered doing in that last week of December all caught up with me at once. So it's not been. It's, it's not funny
0: been... how it works, that isn't it? It's it's
2: bizarre. I always just think, ah, this is twenty twenty four Joe's problem, and uh, sadly, twenty twenty four Joe is here. So um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been good. It's not been a bad start to the football either. So uh, yeah, can't wait to get stuck into that.
0: Yeah, um, same to you, Mr. Ricci, welcome back, hope you enjoyed the festivities with your family and whatever, but yeah, it's good to have you back on the show.
3: Yeah, I think this is uh, my first time back since the uh, holiday themed (laughs) uh, episode we had that went a little rogue, so hopefully today's a little bit more tame and uh, analytical, I guess is how I'll leave it. Mm,
0: yeah, well, um, if you could have heard me trying to do the introduction, listeners, then you would have known it was um, it was off to a strong start. Funnily enough, I saw K D back, K D. KDB back on on Twitter. Someone wrote it down. Don't know who it was. Sorry, I've nicked it. But um, it looked much cooler written down than it did saying it out loud. Um, I, I guess we'll get into the a quick review then. Obviously, Monday morning, you know how this goes. Uh, reviewing the match. Um, Joe B. Joe Butterfield. Let's let's kick things off then. Um, general thoughts about the game. I mean, I don't think it's one that's going to go down in the in the in the in the history books. It won't be one that lives long in the memory. But five 0 no victory for City. Probably about as comfortable. Um I was saying that as a few a bit of needle in the first half, but generally speaking, a pretty comfortable game for the Blues.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean it's 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 kind of weird to say that. Imagine if you'd have told any city fan ten years ago that a five-nil would be boring. <laughs> like I, I can't I can't yeah. believe it. But here we are where it's becoming like almost the... They feel a bit routine in a way, don't they? Where especially in these cup games, where we're coming up against a lower league side, where you know, even if even if it's just a championship like that, in itself feels like enough of a step down that the club that we're coming up against feels like they have to just sit back and hope to lose by as little as possible. I mean, they were trying, like when they got when they did save a shot in their box, or when their keeper got hold of the ball, a couple of their attackers were sort of making a, a, a sprint forward. So evidently, the plan was to some degree for them to try and counter us, but I don't think it ever really looked like it it was going to actually happen until it was far too late for them. So, yeah, um, it was just it was to get the first, you know, however long before we scored just felt like another game where we had a lot of possession but no real route to goal. Um, getting that first, you know, that first one going and kind of then opened the floodgates from that point on, it felt like we were never... Even when we scored it, you know, sometimes you take a 1-0 in those kind of games and you feel like, oh, we need a second, but... I don't I mean it was obviously helped by the fact that the second came pretty soon after but it, it it never really felt like there was any danger of that being thrown away once we got the lead so yeah just a uh, just a, a routine a routine 5-0 win which is uh, I'll I'll absolutely t- <laughs> I'll absolutely take at this stage of the competition
0: yeah it's it's funny Um, anyone who uses footmob will know this but they have a like a a visual stat sort of I don't know a, I don't know metric. I guess is the word you'd describe it as, and it's basically sort of describing the momentum of the game. And if it's going for one team, it goes up. If it goes for one team, the opposite team it goes down. And I guess the only way to describe it is for for fans of road cycling. If you've ever seen a, a like a Tour de France stage mm. described in the mountain just beforehand, and it is just literally up and down, up and down, up and down. That's what it's like for City basically. Um, to to cut a long story short, Joe Ricci, City completely dominated. Bar what. The first forty-five seconds, I think it was Huddersfield had a decent spell. Other than that, it was just an utter, an utter sort of foot down and and just sort of strangled Huddersfield. I guess.
3: Yeah, that uh, I was looking at that metric too before we got on. They of the ninety minutes, Huddersfield's momentum was in their favor for five of the ninety. <laughs> so uh, that's about all you need to know about the game. No, I mean it. it honestly, this is one of those games. Like th- it's going to sound arrogant, but like this is what you should be expecting mm-hmm. the gap in quality. And and I hate to be the person to talk about spending, but like ability to spend squad size, quality, all that is about as far apart as you can get. I mean, obviously Huddersfield are really struggling in the championship this season. And I think city are slowly, but surely kind of finding their way back to their very best. So um, again, I, I hate to sound arrogant, but this is what mm-hmm. you should expect. I think the only downside for me that came out of the game was a going off after 18 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, hopefully that's a, Minor injury, but it didn't look great. So, other than that, I mean, good, a couple of uh, senior debuts, and well, I guess one for Jacob Bright and Michael Hamilton coming on. Um, just an all around great game. I think there's a lot of individual performances we can talk about, but top to bottom, I mean, that's about as routine of a performance as you can ask for.
0: Yeah, um, a tweet from uh, Alex Michelle of this parish. I'm actually reading out a lot of his tweets. Um, maybe, maybe we'll start charging a little bit, like uh, get a Twitter Blue revenue, but from reading out tweets on the show. But um, he said basically this is the type of city game where you need the broadcast option to put some Subway Surfers or GTA Five racing on the bottom <laughs> of half of the screen, a little bit like you see on TikTok, where um, where you do have sort of you know you can you can catch up on other entertainment um, sort of aspects. And I, I actually said it would have been funny if the have just stuck a different FA Cup game on the big screens at the Etihad to um, entertain the fans during some of those uh, quiet spells. But yeah, I mean, let, let's touch in on some of those individual performances because I think um, you know it was a comfortable win and it was a win that you'd expect City to, to to have done. But it hasn't always been as plain sailing so far this season, even in matches where you'd, you'd expect City to dominate. Um, I want to start sort of midway through the second half, Joe Butterfield, when um, our very own. King Kevin de Bruyne returns to the pitch, and um, rapturous sort of reception, I guess, for him coming back first appearance since August. And in true Kevin de Bruyne style, he picks up an assist. Um, just how nice is it to see him back on a football field?
2: Oh, it's just it's it's great, isn't it. it's just it's it's it shows like mm. even just that small cameo just kind of shows what what we've missed. Just like the little things that he does, like watch them just like calmly pass a one-touch ball off to someone, and then just you know just then just not even to then run onwards but just to like stroll away to the position that he knows he's going to need mm. to be in in a couple of passes time is just like watching him just do it's it's this must be how it must be how Barcelona like when they were at their prime felt when Messi would miss a few months mm. and then even though they were so mm. good that it would still win anyway it's just like having that level of player then come back whilst you're already still doing quite well is just like it it, it just takes the club to another level and i just think it's it's going to be so massive for us like in the long term but even just in this game it's like it felt like you know he obviously got himself an assist quite you know but it only took him 17 minutes to get to get his first assist of the of the of the competition (laughs) which is which is absolutely insane like obviously getting that you know doing that for for doku as well who's just making his way back which is which is great but i just think it's it feels like he always knows what the right pass is all the time and he's and he's very often Mm. and he's very often able to make it which is something that Mit just sets him apart from everybody else um obviously we've had particularly in the last month or two we've had Foden really step up into that sort of central role and it's going to be interesting to see whether Pep does make them play together I think it was I think it was Marty Perinau who tweeted something along the lines of how Pep has this idea that if they're the best players then you make you make sure they can play together Mm. so maybe maybe we will see that obviously there'll be a lot of people there's there'll be a lot of debate about around you know whether they both have qualities that can complement each other and all that all that tactical crap but I think um I think at the end of, <laughs> I think I'd <laughs> that was the most old um, statement I've ever heard anyone come out with <laughs> I think i I think at the end of the day they're, they're both ridiculously Massive good slips. from the center from the center of the mm. pitch and i I would personally love to see them given a, a you know a couple of starts together in, in in those central areas to see how they can play together. Um but mm. I think yeah that De Bruyne coming back is like is like taking the squad from being like an an 8 or a 9 out of 10 which it's been to you know even with Herlin Haaland still on the sidelines it's it's pretty close to a 10 now isn't it with De Bruyne back in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go go on
3: Joe. I I was just going to say I think what's also interesting too is like and I think it's something I personally am now realizing I took for granted is just the impact. Like, obviously, Kev impacts the game and, you know, chance creation and <clears throat> scoring goals himself and all that. But I don't think I fully appreciated how much the team runs through him. Like, mm-hmm. I think we always thought in the past, you know, you know, a handful of years ago, it was David Silva was kind of the tempo setter. Gundogan, for the better part of the last couple of years, obviously, that, that pause aspect. But it felt like, I'm realizing things really do run through Kev. Like even just mm. the brief cameo he had tonight, it just felt like people were looking to get near him or, you know, like looking towards him for, for direction and just, just these signs of leadership. And um, obviously, I mean, he's the, one of the most experienced players in the squad, so that shouldn't be a surprise. But I think it's one of those things that I just didn't fully appreciate. And now that he's back and obviously a player like gundawan has gone, um, it's it's something that is is very apparent. And, and another thing to add to the point about, and I think this will probably be a topic for the rest of the season, the the Phil and Kev, I don't even want to call it a debate, but how you f- <laughs> get the best out of them is it seems like every game of the last month or so, Phil's made a point in his postmaster presser to say, like, this is where I'm at my best. I like to be central. Mm. I hope I can stay here. Like, clearly he's doing whatever he can, and and I'm sure Pep knows, but, like, to make it clear, like, if you want to get the best out of me, like, I know Kev's coming back, but this is where I should be. So to me, I think you'll he'll find a way um Pep actually alluded to it in his press conference yesterday that it might not be every game you know obviously not uh, maybe not a Liverpool or an Arsenal away but there's going to be a handful of games where you can find room for these two centrally so i think it'll re- really be interesting to see how Pep figures out what that threshold is of games you can play them both centrally games where maybe Phil needs to be out wide or maybe Kev doesn't start whatever it may be so one to watch mm. yeah um
0: Adam Booker and a few of the other lads will be doing some of that tactical crap on tomorrow's episode, so um, <laughs> unless your name is Joe... I won't we'll be listening to that listen one. listen out for that one. There, <laughs> yes, there we go. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting. I think you make a good point, Joe, Joe B, about the... Um, you know, it, it would be remiss of Guardiola now to ditch Phil Foden after the first half of the season he's had just because Kevin De Bruyne is back and that that's always been the case with Guardiola you know he's he's, he's made systems with the plays he's got we've very 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 rarely seen him go out and purchase a player to fit a system it's more about being okay who's 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 available who suits my sort of overriding philosophy and how can we make something work with those in the team so um we will we will touch more on Phil Foden in the second part of, the, of, of today's show, just in terms of his individual performance. We'll leave it there for De Bruyne. Um, Joe Ricci, actually, I'll come to you for this one. Here's a quick start for you, uh, provided by yours truly, uh, Jeremy Dock, who has now hit the gritty in each of the Premier League, the Champions League, and the FA Cup. Um, is that the real treble we should be we should be worrying about?
3: No one remembers the first, right? Or is it the second? <laughs> I, I, I don't recall anymore. Uh, yeah, he. Um, I got a little bit of flack, I think, from someone else in this in this podcast right now about his uh, chance creation not being spectacular. And I think a Mr. Butterfield may may have called me out in the, the group chat about <laughs> Doku discourse and all that. But uh, mm-hmm. it, you back. know, it's we're back. I, I, I think this game overall, to be honest, it was great to see all of the new signings have an impact. Um, yeah, good point. I, I, I think a good chunk of the season so far has been people complain. I don't want to use the term complaining, but observing <laughs> of of you know new signings not really being that impactful. We've lost key players; they haven't been replaced. And sure, it's Huddersfield Town; it's it's not your greatest opponent. But to me, I thought every signing today was brilliant. Um, mm. I thought vardio was flawless at the back, obviously not asked to do a lot, but I think didn't put a foot wrong. To me, Kovacic was arguably man of the match. Um, yeah. Obviously, I think he'll probably give it to Foden on the goals. And then I, I hope we can make some time to talk about Nunez because I'm a huge fan of his, and I think he's one of those that we're going to look back probably in a couple months and say, he's been such a key player for what City are trying to do. So I, I was mm-hmm. just really impressed with with the new signings. And obviously, Doku is is Doku, right? He's going to take on his man. He's going to great chances. I think that finish was brilliant for his goal. Yeah, Um, yeah, not an easy one Something that, if he can keep adding that to his game, watch out. Yeah, it's almost like Joe
0: Butterfield, like City often do this thing where in the first few months of the season, they just, you know, especially in transition campaigns, which this one certainly has been, they just take things a little bit easy. It might be a little bit bumpy, but the main goal is to be there or thereabouts in each competition and i think the league cup is probably an an anomaly because first of all it was a difficult draw away to newcastle and given the state of the squad at the time um you know fitness wise having played a super cup and charity shield and you know more competitive games than city usually do at that point then you go fair enough but we're into the fourth round of the fa cup where what Win a game in hand against Brentford at home, which isn't a formality, but you you tip as favourites. Two points off the leaders in the Premier League. And obviously into the last 16 of the Champions League as group winners. So, you know, th- this discourse around the new signings is not necessarily being right up to scratch. And, and I do think it has been a little bit of a weird season in that aspect. But things seem to be, whisper it, sorting themselves out as we go on into this new year.
2: Yeah, I think we've actually got sort of... <sighs> We've got very lucky in that sense. I think there's a lot of years where, with the sort of start that we've had, a- another team would have just taken this title race by the scruff of the neck and just gone, you know what, we- if we look at what City are doing, if we just do our job, mm-hmm. then we could be like 10, 15 points clear by the time that they get their act together. And we're just, we're just very fortunate that Liverpool and Arsenal, obviously Liverpool look like they're getting much more into the swing of things now, but based on their last couple of months, they've, cap- they've we've managed to keep them close enough that we can still, you know, capitalise on anything, anything that they do to slip up. Um, I think the problem, I think kind of the thing with the signings just came from the fact that, obviously when, when Pep, we're, we're used to seeing Pep Guardiola bring signings in and unless they're a really exceptional, like Ruben Diaz or, or somebody like that who just s- jump straight into the team because they're just so good, you can't not throw them straight in. We're used to seeing them really sort of slowly bed into the squad. And I think because, with the with the fitness of peop of, of you know other people in the squad like De Bruyne being out injured, Stones being out injured, um, we we were basically in a position where we were seeing three or four of our new of our of our new signings start basically every game for a while, and we were in a position where we were dependent on them while they were still learning the system and still not really up to scratch with things like on that side of things. So it, it suddenly feels like what, because you're watching players who are still learning a system, and I'm very guilty mm-hmm. of this as well because I've judged a lot of those players sort of based on the performances they were putting in while they're still in, you know, month two or three of learning Pep Guardiola football. Like, it, it, it can look like the transfer business hasn't been great because you're seeing them play every single week rather than coming on maybe once every two or three games and seeing, you know, get a bit more involved. That Basically seeing them slowly sort of work their way into things. We've had to sort of Use them a lot, which we haven't. Which I'm assuming was not Pep's idea. I mean, we know Kovacic in particular that wasn't Pep's idea. If, as far as Pep's concerned, it was like you're going to be the backup to Gundogan, and obviously Gundogan's mm. gone, so he's, we're in a position where he has to play a lot more until he got injured himself. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, I think you know the, the 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 signings look like they're sort of looking a lot better. I know Joe, you have mentioned Nunez; he's he's looked really good as well. He started to really after that run of games he got just up to, and including the Club World Cup, he started to look really good. Um, Vardiol, I mean Pep, just seems to want to plague Vardiol into into being a, a mainstay, doesn't he? He seems to play every minute that can be that can be given to him. Um, and yeah, Doku was getting a lot of football before he got injured, so I'm assuming we'll probably see him a lot as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. well now we're in the run of games where you're going to be playing. Pretty soon we'll be playing every, we'll be playing two or three games a week pretty soon. So I think this is the time for the players to start coming back. And once we add Haaland to all this as well, then you know <laughs> you put us in a very you you, you would tip us to be favourites for a lot of these things, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, that was a sinister laugh from uh, from me there. You, <laughs> you forget sometimes, don't you, that, you know, City have spent half the campaign without Haaland. They've had a month without Doku. Uh, sorry, half the campaign without De Bruyne. They've had a month without Doku and Haaland. Yeah, um, it, things are looking bright and, and another bright spark, obviously, Phil Foden, who we'll speak about in part two. Stay exactly where you are. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season. And the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone.
0: Welcome back to the City Report podcast for the first time in 2024. I'm delighted to say we have got a full five episode schedule coming your way this week. Although obviously not much football to speak about until we get to the weekend. Newcastle away next up for City. Um, okay. Then Joe, let's do Joe Ricci. That is let's do what we've done, um, multiple times in the last few weeks, but. Again, caveat, it's only Huddersfield Town. They're in a relegation battle in the Championship. There's every chance they could be playing League One football next season. However, a professional football match is a professional football match. And Phil Foden right now is, for probably um, most people's money, one of the best professional footballers in England, if not Europe, if not the world.
3: He's... um. Yeah, he's pretty special. Uh, He's a Mm, pretty special player. Uh, Who would have thought? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, I think the biggest difference I'm seeing this season compared to spells of good form in the past couple of years is he's always been impactful, but now, and obviously I was saying this about Kev at the beginning of the episode, but now it feels like the team's really been running through Phil, and obviously a big part of that is him playing centrally, but it just feels like we're seeing so much more to his game, and something clicked for me. I think it was... Well, what minute was he subbed off? He was subbed off in the seventy-six. So I think it was like right around the seventy-minute mark. Um, mm. And I was thinking, all right, Kev's back on. How's you know? How's Pep going to play this? And there was a point where Phil went back, track back to just outside mm. the hit their own eighteen-yard box to stop a, I guess if you want to call it a counter. I don't think they were really going to make much out of it. But I'm like, wait a second, he's playing a foray a, forward. I think. Is yeah, best, yeah. So. And he was he <clears throat> he was playing basically false nine at that point. So he basically traveled two-thirds, if not the whole pitch, to stop that counter. And I'm thinking, okay, is that is that something, right? Are we looking into something where, again, and I know the tactical component will be talked about in tomorrow's episode, but as you talk about trying to get these two players together, both are going to need to give more from a defensive mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, and I think for Kev, at his age, with his injuries, you can probably only ask so much, but you can also rely on his experience and maybe try to slow the game down a little bit. Whereas I think Phil is still this young player who we can mold or well, we Pep can mold into to really whatever he wants. And I think we're slowly seeing that evolution now. So to me, that's the biggest takeaway that I've had from this last four to six weeks is just, yes, he's scoring. Yes, he's assisting, but he's popping up in areas of the pitch doing things that he hasn't done in years past. And as a city fan, that's incredibly encouraging because while he may not be playing central every game, the rest of the season, um he's certainly shown that he can grab a game by the scruff of the neck it's not jo- it's not just one-offs like it was against newcastle at the beginning of the season we're seeing it match in and match out he's staying fit um it's just been an incredible campaign and you know here's hoping it stays that way for the rest of the year
0: yeah totally it was, it was complete um complete and <laughs> to, to just finish it out it was complete from phil Foden. and one thing joe butfield that i've i've been uh, impressed with in recent weeks and, and i think if Ever there has been a criticism of Phil Foden, it's been his almost at times sort of rushed approach in front of in front of goal. He, you know he does often snatch at, at chances, but his finishing in recent weeks has been has been splendid. And and I, and I will say I've not actually seen the goals back from Sunday's match just yet but from what I can remember I mean I don't think any goalkeeper in world football saves that second one but even still the first one he's, he's alive inside the box and Aguero-esque near post finish dare I say um so if you can add that and, and he's certainly adding goals and obviously assists as well we're, we're talking about I don't know a player of the year contender and I don't think that's sort of over the top to say at this stage given his form
2: yeah I think it was I think it was I can't remember if it's yourself. I'm pretty sure it was at the, who said, like, you know, a controversial opinion at the time you said it was, but I agreed that it was sort of that Phil Foden's finishing. Certainly whenever it was that you sent it, it wasn't, wasn't great. I think if we've seen a lot of times, like mm. you say, he snatches at it. He gets into the box into a good position, like one-on-one with a keeper. And I don't think any of us can say that, that he, he hits a target every time. A lot of the time, he'll just hit it straight at the keeper and it's always on target, which is nice. But a lot of the time that can also be right at the keeper, but he feels like his most dangerous area is, the 18 yard line like if you put him anywhere out there he's just like mm. where he's got the whole of the net to aim at even if it's going through quite a lot of bodies he just knows how to find the, the bottom corner a lot of the time I think um I think it was uh, it, it probably might have been earlier this week I saw him a, a compilation of all of his goals that he scored for City so far and so many of them are just like he'll, he'll just have the ball from 15 to 20 yards and he'll just arrow it into the bottom of the, the bottom corner of the net and it's just like that ability to do that is 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 mad and obviously if he's you know from the from the middle he's able to add a lot of assists to that as well um but I think when you're a, when you're a player in Manchester City's team particularly and especially with Kevin De Bruyne out somebody needs to step up and sort of you know do those numbers and and it, and it feels like Foden has been doing that for the last few weeks and like you say that's maybe why I want to see them the two of them play together and why, why we all want to see mm. the two of them play together because if you have two players who can put together you know <laughs> a decent number of goals and assists then then that's that's scary. That that's a whole new goal threat when you don't have, you know, because there are going to be games where Erling Haaland's going to be, you know, we all we all see the stats every time he has three touches and a half, like it, you know, the, the, it's so if you've got games like where that's happening, but he's still occupying a couple of defenders. Then you know that you have a couple of midfielders behind him who can just pop up with something, and you know that's that's something that Foden brings in. A quite, well, certainly recently in the last few weeks has been has been adding a lot to his game. So it's 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 yeah, it's very very pleasing
3: when it gets to this stage of the season to see that he's he's doing that. And and just speaking of numbers, especially where Detmer's not here, I feel like someone's got to cover <laughs> the numbers. Uh, so so I'm just pulling this this stat from Premier League only. So Phil Foden in his senior career has. 40 Premier League goals on 30 expected goals. So he's actually vastly outperformed his XG, which is funny because I agree with the point that you were raising and Amos originally um, raised about like, it felt like he was in a bit of a weird spell, probably second half of last season, first Half of the first half of this season, uh, also known as a quarter. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that, that, that's a quarter, is <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the math is mathing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, but the,
0: the Detmer impression <laughs> lasted about, what, yeah. 47 seconds?
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I'll stick to construction. um But yeah, it, it, it felt like he was in kind of a weird patch where he was getting himself into great positions. I mean, even you look at the Champions League final, right? Like that turn he had, mm, that's only to kind of fumble the shot right um i still think th- about that joe that's my roman <laughs> I, empire
0: if if he didn't yes, that goal yes, I, i'd have yes. given I'd, I'd have stopped football
3: yes yeah um but then even you know looking at this season i remember and i'm not trying to pat myself on the back but i'm going to anyways uh, my prediction for this season was phil was going to finish with 40 mm-hmm. goals and assists in all comps right now in all comps he's on 11 goals and eight assists so 19 Ooh. um over over 30 matches if city play their 60 he'll come close um But again, I think a lot of that, and I know I'm I'm beating a dead horse here, but like it's him playing central. He's just so much more impactful from a central position. So I think today showed that. The past couple of weeks have shown that. And um, if he can keep on, I'm I'm fully behind the Phil for Player of the Year campaign.
0: Yeah, it it feels like he's tracking that. And I do remember you saying that. And and I think most people probably scoffed um, at the suggestion. I think it was probably your like... Was it unrealistic prediction or hot take? You know, something along the lines of yeah, yeah. This probably could happen. It was but like a ball. take, likely, like
3: yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to you know break Messi's single season <laughs> record, but
0: <laughs> mm. and and but he's certainly tracking on it. Um, obviously the last couple of weeks have have helped boost that. Um. Like I said, the the tactical noobs will be doing all of that stuff tomorrow, so stick around for that. And I don't really want to go into too much, too much uh, sort of depth with it today. But, uh, Joe Butterfield, do you think, final question for today, by the way, but do you think it matters that at what, 23 years old, Phil Foden doesn't have a position locked down? Because I think when I, Converse, also known as talk. Um, I don't know. I turn into Shakespeare (laughs) then, but when when I have conversations with people who don't support City, um, you know, they're always going, "Oh yeah, Phil Foden's great," but you know, he's he's always in and out the different positions. One week he'll play on the wing, the next he'll be false nine, you know, and then he'll be in central attacking midfield, whatever. I think uh, I saw a stat that um, his second goal... or sorry, his first goal against Huddersfield was his 70th. So he's now won 71 uh, senior goals for Manchester City in about 250-odd games, whatever it was. I I don't know if it matters. Like... Can, can we not just enjoy, enjoy him as this sort of like range sometimes sometimes he'll play on the wing and he'll be devastating and he's one of the best wingers in European football. Then he might move across the middle and he's sort of doing this again once, you know, fantastic performance. I don't know if it matters so much
2: or if that's just me sort of being a little bit blase about it. I'm... So I'm a firm believer in. I don't know if it's just because James Milner has just tainted my sort of of uh, just the, like the, where are you going so, here? So, so <laughs> I think I think that James Milner has sort of have tainted my view of, on players who can play multiple positions. Like James Milner is is good at a lot of positions, but at least okay. Well, not now because he's 38 now. But like if we if we started talking like five years ago, <laughs> he's good at a lot of positions. But was he world class at any of them? Like. No, okay, not really. Okay,
0: see where you go, and
2: I and I kind of feel like that with Foden, he's got the ability to to be world class in in pretty much mm. any whichever position it is that Pep is going to be his position. Although I would love it to be central because that's what we've been told ever since he was seventeen years old and breaking through to the city team. It's kind of annoying mm. me. It, it does annoy me that it's taken five or six years for us for us to finally reach the point where Foden is playing centrally, like as a on a frequent mm. basis. Because I feel like if maybe he'd have been doing this. And obviously, we still had that year. Was it? Was it the 2021 season where he was? Where he was? You know, in that run up to the Champions League final, where he was? He was playing off the left. He was. He. he that was a, That was hmm. for me. That was a world class season for me from 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 Phil Foden. But I think that he, if he'd have basically come through at 17 years old and played central, sort of rotating in for Dav- for David Silver and Kevin De Bruyne, played central through the whole time for the last six years. This sort of evolution, this this bit of him learning to play the central role that he's been doing for the last few months, where you know, I think I can't remember which game, was it the Palace game where it felt like he just had the, where he gave the ball away that ultimately led mm, to their their, yeah. their goal because he he didn't know to not just run a defend, a, a, a defender in the 89th <laughs> mm. minute. Like, I feel like why is Pep not taught in that six years ago when we were told that he was going to be? So you saying this, it like, could have
0: been drip fed sort of a bit earlier so it wasn't sort of. Just exposed to it right now. Yeah, I
2: just, I just feel like it's a case of if, if, if the plan all along, as we've, as, as we've been told, as we've read in many articles by the Athletic and Sam Lee and stuff like that from coaches at the club, if Pep himself hadn't said it on plenty of occasions, you know, it, the whole, the, the writing on the walls since, Pep, uh, since Foden came through the academy is, is, is that he is going mm. to be played central at some point. And why is he waited till he's 22, 23 years old to do that? I don't, I don't understand it personally. But at the end of the day, he's doing it now. But I don't want to see him. I want to see him now because he's twenty-three. Lock down a position. If he's playing central now, make sure that the central role is his role from now on. I don't want to see him just okay. become some some kind of you know utility player who can be played anywhere, who could just be used to fill gaps anywhere in the squad where they where they appear. Just have him hmm. be a central player. If you want a utility player, buy one. I'd rather we just bought someone who can do a few positions and have Foden's focus be. On the position where currently he is putting in world class performances, world class numbers, as Joe's just said, and you know is going to continue to develop and become even better in that position from there. And obviously, then in a couple of years when De Bruyne does go, we have a world class De Bruyne replacement there ready to go. Just please, Pep, stop, stop putting him anywhere that he needs to be in the squad. Just, just focus on him in the centre. Joe, so, you look like are... you're
0: about to explode. Um, have you got something to say?
3: Well, I'm just wondering, is is Joe Butterfield saying that we should sign James Milner this offseason as our <laughs> oh, utility no, player? Totally so, <laughs> oh, <dick. I'm laughs> no, no, not I'm just trying to clarify, that's all. <laughs> uh, well, so what's funny is I, I probably 95% agree with everything Joe just said, that the mm. part of me that would play a little bit of devil's advocate, and again, I don't wholeheartedly believe this, is Bernardo Silva, right? Like, Think of all yeah. the positions that he's played under Pep, and arguably... I mean, I guess maybe not best, but he's probably been a top three player under Pep throughout the duration of his tenure as manager. I mean, he's played left back, right wing, left wing, false nine, all the Mm. midfield positions. Like, I agree. I think Phil, it'd be great if he could lock down a position, but there's probably three players in the squad that truly have a position locked down. Yeah. You know, and I think that's just what something that we kind of have to accept with Pep. Um, As frustrating as it may be, I think that the difference here is probably at least to, to the person who's sitting on a couch a couple thousand miles away. Like it seems so obvious how much better Phil is centrally. Um, Mm. And that's saying a lot because he's still really freaking good everywhere else. (laughs) Um, But it's just, that's just my only kind of thought is like, yes, we'd like to see him central. But again, there was a period where Bernardo seemed undroppable on the right wing. And then he went through a whole season of being, a mainstay in central midfield and then he'd pop up in all these different spots, right? So I think it's just something that and that's also how Pep keeps the squad small and and successful, right? Is by having these players pop up in different positions. So um again, I know it'll be a talking point for a while, but I think that's probably where Pep's coming from and and not locking him down per se. yeah,
0: I'm I mean if if this is the Phil Foden needs a position locked down at twenty three years old Spectrum and, and on one side is Joe Butterfield one side is, sorry, in the middle is Joe Ricci. I'm probably on the sort of the opposite side in the sense that as long as he's performing and he is performing, I don't think I, I, I don't know if this is my judgment being clouded, but I can't remember a spell where we've we've actually gone, oh, Phil Foden's playing badly and, you know, he needs to drop out the there's, team. There's been, uh, you know, Bits and bobs where players have performed better than him. But I don't necessarily think there's been a, a run of five matches where he stunk the gaff out, and we've had to say get him out of the team. Um, so I'm like, as long as he's performing, as long as the goals are coming, as long as City are winning, like, I'm, I'm happy to see him wherever because I just think he's a he's a sensational footballer, no matter what he's doing. I think this becomes a bigger issue maybe when he gets to 26, 27, 28, um, when Guardiola is left and there isn't that sort of you know that that genius looking over him and, and guiding him and, and having the tutelage of, of Pert, maybe that becomes a bigger issue. But right now, I, I'm happy to just see it. I'm, I really enjoy watching him. I think he's in that category now of players you just enjoy watching. Um, but, chaps, I guess that'll do for today. Um, as I said, it was, wasn't was many things to speak about, but Joe Butterfield, we've had a, a good old natter, and I'm sure these debates will, will as Joe Ricci said, rumble on <laughs> um, for many weeks and, and probably months to come.
2: Yeah, thank you very much for having me. We didn't even get to talk about Oscar Bob, and Oscar Bob was... Uh, was. I was, was... going to say, that was the only thing. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a lovely player, isn't he? But um, yeah, no, mm. been, been good, been good.
0: Yeah, um, Joe Ricci, three words on Oscar Bob.
3: Next, David Silva.
0: oh Oh my god you just had to you just had to didn't you (laughs) even a punctuation in there as well um what we you were standing in for Andrew Debra it has to be said um you're living up (laughs) to expectations there um no guys thank you very much listeners as well thank you very much we will be back tomorrow um like I said previewed it sort of looking at how Kevin De Bruyne might fit when he comes back into the team from a tactical point of view but until then I hope you enjoyed the show and we will see you later